KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, a blend of computer science, statistics, and domain expertise. Learn more about University of California San Diego's online Master of Data Science program at omds.ucsd.edu. Good morning. I'm Annika Kulbert. It's Monday, May 23rd. Title 42 continues. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. Today is your last day to register to vote if you want to vote by mail for the June 7th primary election. You'll need to register to vote if you're not already registered in San Diego County, if you recently moved, or if you've changed your name. You can go to sdvote.com to do so. If you miss today's deadline, you'll have to go to the registrar's office in Kearney Mesa or a vote center starting this Saturday. The San Diego City Council today will take up the question of how to redevelop the sports arena property in the Midway District. Five teams are competing for the project, and city staffers want to narrow it down to three. They say two of the proposals on the chopping block aren't competitive in terms of how much affordable housing they include. Today's vote will decide if the city council agrees or if it wants a deeper analysis of all five proposals. City officials see the property as an opportunity to build desperately needed housing and to spark a broader revitalization of the blighted Midway District. The number of people hospitalized with COVID-19 in San Diego County increased by nine to a total of 142. That's according to the latest state data released on Sunday. The county has been seeing an increase in cases according to the County Health and Human Services Agency. On Thursday, the agency reported more than 1,500 cases, the most since early February. From KPBS, you're listening to Sandy Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. A federal judge in Louisiana has blocked the Biden administration from ending a controversial pandemic-era asylum restriction program called Title 42. The judge's decision came days before the program was scheduled to end. KPBS border reporter Gustavo Solis has more. Title 42 allows border officials to turn away asylum seekers at the border without allowing them to see a judge first. It's been used to turn vulnerable migrants away from the U.S. nearly two million times. Immigration advocates called Friday's decision a big loss. It's a gut punch. That was Melissa Crow, director of litigation with the Center for Gender and Refugee Studies. She says Friday's ruling will continue to put migrants at risk. We think the decision is misguided. Um, It will perpetuate an illegal and racist policy and continue to put a lot of vulnerable people's lives in danger. Title 42 is the second Trump-era asylum policy that President Joe Biden has been unable to terminate. The first policy, known as Remain in Mexico, forces asylum seekers to live in Mexico while their cases are adjudicated. A federal judge also prevented the Biden administration from ending that program. 
In Friday's decision, the judge said that the Biden administration failed to go through the required notice and comment process before terminating Title 42. Gustavo Solis, KPBS News. When National Guard members and reservists are called into military service, a federal law is supposed to preserve their civilian jobs. It's intended to protect them from being fired or losing benefits while they're away, and it requires employers to accommodate service-related disabilities. But in some places, veterans who work for state governments can't access those protections, and that's the basis for a case before the U.S. Supreme Court. Carson Frame reports for the American Homefront Project. Army reservist Leroy Torres came back from Iraq in 2008 with severe lung and brain injuries, the result of months he spent living near a massive open-air burn pit. When he tried to return to his civilian job as a state trooper in Texas, Torres couldn't keep up. A chronic cough, extreme fatigue, headaches, and memory problems meant he often missed work. But he thought the highway patrol would work to accommodate his disability. Here I'm, I'm thinking in my head, well, I'm going to be taken care of. You know, there's laws that protect us that uh, with, with my experience and my education, I'll be able to at least finish my six years that I was hoping to finish with the department. But Torres says the agency didn't accommodate him. He eventually resigned and didn't get all of his benefits. So he sued in state court, invoking his rights under a federal law called USERA, the Uniformed Services Employment and Reemployment Rights Act. Texas argues that it worked with Torres and didn't violate his rights. The state also says it's immune from the suit. Torres's case is now before the U.S. Supreme Court. I had never just thought that it was going to be uh, this difficult. Torres's attorney, Brian Lawler, says there are a handful of states that won't allow individuals to sue them under USERA. At issue is the balance of power between states' rights and federal authority. The underlying issue is one that could potentially affect up to tens of thousands of reserve and guard personnel who are employed by state agencies, some of whom have the right to sue their state, some of whom don't. More than a quarter of all USERA claims are filed against public sector employers, according to the Labor Department. And the federal government wants to make sure service members can bring cases. Because otherwise we won't be able to raise an army. Susanna Sherry is a professor emerita at Vanderbilt Law School. That's the, the government's sort of main argument for why this particular statute was passed, to ensure that uh, people would feel comfortable joining the reserves and being called up because they would know that they would come back to a job. Officials from the Texas Attorney General's office wouldn't comment on the Torres case, but in its brief, Texas argues that former service members have rights under USERA. The issue is who gets to sue the state for employment violations. Texas is not arguing that Congress can't pass USERA or that Congress can't tell states that they have to abide by USERA. What they are arguing is you can't enforce USERA through a private individual suit. You've got to do it some other way. Texas argues that individual service members should bring their USERA complaints to the U.S. Department of Justice and try to persuade the department to file suit on their behalf. But advocates say those suits rarely happen. Kevin Hollinger is the legislative director for the Enlisted Association of the National Guard of the United States. The DOJ is extremely short, short-handed right now, and they don't take most of the cases that come to them. So it becomes a very large problem very rapidly, and it's not 
easily resolved. Even if it does rise to the level and DOJ does take it, we're still talking about years for people to get jobs back. Leroy Torres has long since shelved his dream of returning to work at the Texas Department of Public Safety. His duty right now, he says, is to protect other veterans who face employment violations. It's been burdensome, but knowing that it's not only affects me, that it affects my fellow brothers and sisters who have served a dual role, you know, that gives me more uh, momentum, you know, to stay in this effort. The Supreme Court is due to rule on Torres's case this summer. I'm Carson Freeman, San Antonio. That report was produced by the American Homefront Project, a public media collaboration that reports on American military life and veterans. Funding comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Coming up, discovering a living fossil. We'll have that story and more next, just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. Chula Vista's Measure P sales tax raises about $25 million a year. The money goes to repairing roads, maintaining infrastructure, and new building projects. But KPBS reporter Gustavo Solis says the city doesn't have a plan for when the tax measure expires in five years. Chula Vista voters approved Measure P in 2017. It was pitched as a 10-year sales tax increase to pay for long-neglected infrastructure projects. When it expires in 2027, city council member and mayoral candidate Jill Galvez says that the city will still have a lot of infrastructure projects to tackle. We're, we're going to see um, that the eastern parts of Chula Vista start to age. Uh, you know, Rancho Del Rey neighborhood was built in the 80s. East Lake was built in the, in the late 80s, early, early 90s. You know, that, that infrastructure is also aging. Rudy Ramirez is a former city councilman who is also running for mayor. He says the city needs to either find a way to increase tax revenues or ask voters to renew Measure P. If we're not able to do that, if we are not successful at generating the economic development uh, over the next four years, then uh, it'll be you know, necessary to either stop and it will be back to the days of deferred maintenance and a lot of infrastructure projects that are not going to get done. Uh, you know, or the, the, the taxpayers may want another opportunity uh, to, uh, to bring, to bring that, that back. Chula Vista has the highest sales tax rates in the county. Gustavo Solis, KPBS News. San Diego state biologists have discovered a new species of lampshade spider that one calls a living fossil. KPBS science and technology reporter Thomas Fudge has more. The spider was discovered in the caves and canyons of the southern Sierras, not far from Bakersfield, and was given the name Hypochylus homote. SDSU biology professor Marshall Hedin says the homote was found to be a new species after they compared its genes to known spider genomes. 
Hedin says the spider dates back to the time of the dinosaurs and its morphology or appearance has changed very little. Through that kind of expanse of time, their morphology has just stayed in the same place. So it's very much like a, a living fossil. The spider and others in its genus spin webs on vertical rock walls in the shape of a lampshade. Hedin says the homote resembles a cellar spider, which you might find in your house. Thomas Fudge, KPBS News. And that's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com.